0: Welcome to episode 50 of the Career Deconstructed Podcast. Can you believe that? We've got to episode 50. I never thought I would make it this far when I started. So thank you for being there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything that you've done. I thought a little bit about who should be the guest for the 50th episodes. I've had some brilliant ones recently. I've had some brilliant ones throughout And of course, in my own weird way, I came up with the idea of, I'll be the guest. I had this fabulous conversation about Korean philosophy uh, with Alex. It was done early one Monday morning uh, in a studio in Seoul. And I thought, let's share that because we haven't done much Korean philosophy and we haven't had me that side of it. So I thought in my own weird way, that's a nice little break and it it makes a marker to go on. There's no real plan. For this podcast, I, I don't have this big idea. I do have some ideas. I'd like to speak to every Korean person. Uh, I, I'd like to get more people. Um, but it's changed and it's it's mutated along the way from the original ideas. Those kind of forty-minute audio only. Now we're doing three hours in person with some some amazing people. Who knows where it will go next? I don't know, but I'm having fun. I'm learning, and I, I I'm so grateful for the people that. Share their time to come and spend three, four hours with me. Uh, Grateful to you for listening, for watching. I've not really done this actually yet uh, for 50 episodes, but here's something. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this, give it a like, give it a share, push it around the Internet. Let more people know about Korea Deconstructed Podcast. And here's another thing. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about the guests. Let us know who should be coming next. Let us know what you think of the conversation. What did I get wrong? It's so hard I watch or listen to some of them back and I think, I shouldn't have asked that. Why didn't I ask that? It's hard when you're in the middle of it, but I'm doing my best and I think it's getting better. But what do you think? Some of the comments on YouTube recently have been fantastic. I'm really super grateful. Uh, For those, because not only does it let me know that people are listening, it also gives me different windows into the conversation that I wouldn't have thought about otherwise. And I, I think that's a really cool thing. So we've done 50. Let's try and do however many more and see where it goes. In the meantime, get involved. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know why you're listening. Let us know what you want to be listening to more of. And let's share this love about Korea, because that's why we're doing it. it, it, It's fun to learn about Korea and to find different perspectives of Korea. And that's what we've been doing so far. Let's hope it continues. This is episode 50. It's a weird one. It's short. It's me. So enjoy it. See you soon. Thank you.
1: Dr. Professor David Tizard. Thank you again for joining Ah, oh, thank you for having me pleasure to be here and it's nice to see you it is great to be here as well and and have you last week but also I'm keeping up trying my best to I'm not a podcast guy but I am still watching the podcast as we talked about last week oh yeah 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 I, I am I am learning a lot <laughs> currently uh this past week was able to get a, a little bit more done on the recent North Korean one with Jacko, Jacko. I'm not going to say his last name we's Zwet Right. The next one is even better
0: in my opinion. Is it? uh, With Michael Breen, who talks about being friends with Kim Dae-jung and being here during the 80s demonstrations. Oh my goodness. uh, Meeting Kim Il-sung in Pyongyang. Like, this man lived it all.
1: That's my fascination. I mean, of course, North Korea, um, talking about it, is fascinating, but I love kind of that transitional history as well. I'm not gonna get too much into it because yeah, then I, yeah. I will sound dumb <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why i have a podcast where i listen to other people <laughs> that's the that's the, that's the beauty of it but thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen career deconstructed check it out
1: all right so we're gonna jump into it already uh, and get into it and i'm gonna just do what i do and as you mentioned w- just listen to other <laughs> listen to other people so i don't sound dumb that's what i'm gonna go for it <laughs> all right
0: where are we jumping into for this week well i'll sound dumb for you i'm good at doing that <laughs> Um, you know, it's Monday morning, so why don't we start with philosophy? That seems to be exactly what
1: everybody wants to talk uh, where about Where is my morning. coffee? I need that to at least yeah. <laughs> get yeah. my head going. All right, let's get into it. Philosophy.
0: There, there's many different types of philosophy, Alex. So there's epistemology, like how we get knowledge. There's metaphysics, the, the study of the thing beyond. But... what? The, is a human's good? A human's bad? If, if if we are good, why is there evil in the world? I mean, these are kind of basic questions that we sometimes think about, we we sometimes don't think about. I think today, we get so caught up in the personality of political figures and things mm-hmm. like this. And we, we very rarely get down to the actual roots and nuts and bolts of how do we see the world. But this is what philosophy does. Do, do you ever think about sort of, good and evil, right and wrong, these
1: things, or it just doesn't really occur to you? Absolutely all the time. Although recently it's really just been with myself. I don't know why Why I haven't had these conversations with my friends. Mm. Usually those are late-night conversations, but absolutely for me it usually is, I guess it would be motivations for good. What makes us do good and what makes us do evil? Are we following a book? Are we following, mm. yeah. uh, is there something intrinsically inside of us that uses empathy those are the things i usually think about what makes us do those good or bad things
0: yeah and that that i that's brilliant alex and i think that makes you human and i, I think many of us do <laughs> that but that well no seriously that is what makes us human yeah. and not that's why we're not dogs i don't think dogs do that i love dogs but i don't think dogs sit around thinking about empathy and their motivations No, no. that's a genuine <laughs> that's you know, absolutely right that's I never thought of that exactly why you are human and um you know we sometimes miss a lot of that in today's age but what, why I want to say that this conversation that we'll have this morning is important, and I hope to unpack more philosophy over the, the coming months, I think, is because we probably grew up i'm not sure where you're from alex actually uh from ohio midwest us so you're from north yeah okay so you're from the united states now if like me regardless of your religious affiliation you still grow up with stories about uh god and the devil and the garden of eden and all of these things regardless of whether you believe them or not they're part of the mindset in
1: which we grow up right they definitely do especially I mean they at least even get into the secular through movies as well absolutely they get into the secular so there's
0: no escaping it and it shapes our mind and we are products of those environments we use those words we use those images Mm. if we see an apple and a snake and a tree and things (laughs) like that our minds are racing and that's just one example right right and that extends through all of it now we need to remember that for thousands of years, Korea didn't have these stories. Korea had its own stories. Korea had philosophies. They didn't have Aristotle. They didn't have David Hume, Immanuel Kant or Hegel or Descartes. They didn't have any of these people. They had their own people. And these people, the way they saw the world, have shaped the Korean character today. So sometimes we we will look at Korean people and go, well, it's a little bit different here. You know, we, we need to try to find the strange and the familiar and the familiar and the strange. and. Thousands of years of thought in Korea have been so different from what we're used to in the West.
1: Now, do you ascribe that to more of the imagery and like, you know, what we, just, what we look at, like the apple and snake is evil to us, or does that change us on a fundamental level beyond just the symbolism that we use to describe it?
0: To give you one example of this, I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering your question, but do you know that in Korea and East Asia more generally, there's no personification of evil? Like we can think of Satan or the devil or the Beelzebub oh. or whatever the names we put on them. Here they have bad
1: luck and they have togebies or goblins, but they don't have a personification of evil. Yeah, you come to think of it, when I was young, when I was in Japan, there would be this imagery of what I assumed were devils, but I guess they were kind of more of the, the, the dragon dance was one of the ones I just assumed was evil. But there's no ultimate evil. There is no ultimate evil. There's
0: there's goblins and devil and things like this, and Angma and mangte halaboji, which is like a bogeyman or things like this in Korea. Mm -hmm. But there's no personification. But we have that, don't we? We have that personification of ultimate good and evil in our in our cultures. Absolute Satan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 the goodness as well. But it's not here. And so I, I want to try to unpack some of these things and give people different frames of reference when we see the world because. That's
1: how, as I said, Korean people have seen the world for for millennia. This is this is. Ex- I feel like I'm back in grad school. Like this, I feel like I'm getting a class again. So I'm, I'm mm. enjoying. This. I should be getting my notebook out and writing stuff down. Okay. There's a
0: test at the end, by the way. So do take
1: notes. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> For grad school, I didn't care if I got the A+, plus, as long as I was above a certain yeah, level. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah. long as I get 70 on this test, I yeah. think I'll be all right. So where do we start from
0: now? Well, today we're going to be looking at elements of Confucianism, more specifically Neo-Confucianism. To get there, we need to know that this starts in the Joseon Dynasty. Now, the Joseon Dynasty begins in 1392, and this is when... Uh, King Yi, he changes the ruling ideology. He, he he's meant to be going off to China, but he turns around and comes back, overthrows the Goryeo dynasty, and removes Buddhism as the ruling ideology uh, and implants Confucianism. I just want to say a word about Buddhism and why this was removed at the time. Now the main idea of Buddhism is Ilche Yushimjo. Now this is a this is an idea that means everything is in your mind man. <laughs> right? No, no, seriously. To the that, world right? is an illusion. Oh. Nothing here is real. When you look at the flag and you see the flag blowing in the wind, is it the flag moving? Is it the wind moving? No, it's your mind moving. Buddhists oh. believe that everything was in the mind. Something was either good or bad, depending on how we perceive it. Right, So everything's subjective. It's very postmodern. And this was deemed good, but it wasn't deemed effective for building a society. Because if it, if everything was in the mind, why would you build hospitals? Why would you make the world better if it was all just uh, an illusion?
1: I guess you wouldn't, right. or you would. You would kind of do what you would have to to make what you accept in your mind, or the you know the imagery of the flag coming in. You would have to do something that makes you happier, but that. Would that make me more individualistic and selfish if I'm just worried about what's in my mind?
0: No, it makes you remove yourself from the real world, because the world that we live in, this tangible world, this desk, mm-hmm. that's an illusion. Okay. And there's a world somewhere else. So it, oh, it, it okay, removes okay. you from this world, and that's Buddhism. And so when Confucianism came in, it was trying to, with the Joseon dynasty, 1392, and this rules for 500 years, and you've heard Confucianism so many times when yes. you think of Korea, And it introduces a new way of thinking, it introduces principles, it introduces a new world.
1: Okay, so let's talk about Confucianism and maybe also as we're doing this, you mentioned Neo-Confucianism as well. So kind of give us a little bit of an understanding of the differences as well.
0: Uh, This is a terrible question to ask you on the radio. What's How do you understand Confucianism? Like today in 2020, you've heard this word, right? Absolutely. And you, you live and work here in Korea. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it doesn't have to be a grad school answer, but it's just like real talk. What's Confucianism today?
1: Uh, so Confucianism to me, and, and I am embarrassed because I did study this in grad school. To me, Confucianism has only been a thing that was used to describe why Koreans do things. Mm-hmm. And they would always describe it to me as, well, it's because of this conservative-ish background of Confucianism, and that's why Koreans do it, and it became almost overly cliched to the point where Mm. it became, when I was, I guess, most unknowledgeable about it, it just became synonymous with, oh, this is why Koreans do it, and I don't agree with that, but that's what just people would say. Oh, they all lined up in a certain way on a... For too long, mm. to, to, to I don't know that Confucianism that explains it. I think you you must have been reading my articles because
0: the two points that you made there, <laughs> I think, are spot on. One, it's associated with being conservative, mm-hmm. and two, it's something like a deuce ex machina that explains everything about Korea. Yeah. So if there's BTS's success at the Grammys, ah, there's Confucianism in there. If there's something bad happening in society, ah, it's Confucianism. It, it's seen yeah. as a catch-all to explain everything about Korean society, isn't it?
1: It takes away a lot of the individualism of the people that we know here in Korea and just says, oh, it's only because you've been... Brainwashed isn't the word, but brain trained maybe is the word. I like that brain trained. Yeah, we've, we've, I, I <laughs> yeah. know
0: brain drains. I've never heard brain trained before. <laughs> um, well, listeners, I hope we're training your brains. Confucianism is what we call it in the West. Now, of course, they don't call it Confucianism here. They'll call it Yuhak or Yugyo. Now, the, the purpose of Confucianism is ultimately to become a sage, <clears throat> not a monk not a saint but a sage now the idea of a sage is somebody who develops themselves through self cultivation by studying the text now this is very different from japan for example where you have the samurai in japan you had the samurai which was a warrior class here in in korea on the korean peninsula with choson we had the sombi now these were the uh, literati these were the people who achieved self cultivation not physically but through the mind and through virtue. So the idea in Confucianism is that you should study to solve problems. And you solve problems about yourself. You rectify your own behavior. If your own behavior is good, society will be good. If society is good, the world will be good. What's really important about this, I'll just make this point, is that you do this without gods or deities. There's no praying. There's no asking a transcendental being. There's no asking somebody, hey, help me out. Why have you done this? Confucianism says, if there's something wrong in the world, it's because there's something wrong in people and their approach to study.
1: Okay, so from that, I have a question for you then. Where does that put them on the, the I, don't, I don't want to call it leadership board. Are they under the Yangban? Are they, they're under royalty? Where do they fit in society uh, at that point? And I know it's a little off topic, but I've curiosity, okay. the, well, the in-
0: intellectuals. The intellectuals, there was this thing called Sa Nong Gong Sang, and this is the four occupations, in the Sa, this is where we get the words baksa Sa or We Sa, professors and doctors, they were the top, right? Mm. And, and the money people in society were at the bottom. Sa Nong Gong Sang, Nong being the laborers and the farmers, Gong being the, 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 the people who make stuff, and then sang the people that sell stuff. Now, if you look at modern society today, in terms of who we idolize, you know, that hierarchy that you're asking about,
1: it's completely flipped. 100%. 100%. We used Mm -hmm. to be, you know, very much the smartest, you follow the smart people. Now we say like, well, the people that sold the most Products must be the smart ones. Mm,
0: Influences and people with have people we've on. I'm embarrassed I ever call
1: myself that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you an influencer? Oh, I feel privileged. That's great. Uh, No, I did the tube, but I wasn't that level. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So no, but yes, you're right. We do. I mean, I would agree with you on that, and especially having gone through the system, I've always idolized my, or at least respected my professors. I went through. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break right now, uh, as we I got too deep into conversation. Back on the air with Professor Tizard, and we're talking about the good old days when studying and intellectuals, these were put on pedestals, and now we're not there.
0: But the importance being that those good old days, those that. Period that those centuries influenced the way Korean people see the world today just as unconsciously uh, And through imagery we're affected by the culture and traditions religious and philosophical that we grew up in even if we don't realize it
1: Yeah, and a lot of it is the philosophies I, the one thing before we go right back into it Yeah, is a lot of those like phrases that we use in English American English or uh, British English kind of come from times of like the, the the plague or whatever. They would be words related to curses or something that I were used it. back then. Yeah. yeah. And so everything from the way that we think on the inside to the things we don't think about as we say it, were affected by these pasts. And now we're going to dive more into what affected the modern Koreans or what is still in that metaphorical bloodline of their philosophy.
0: Yeah, that's why they go to hug ones. It's why they yeah. study until
1: 11pm <laughs> at night. It's why,
0: you know, you, you have that focus on education. And why for a long time, there was this not talk about good and evil, there was talk about, you know, person's own uh, morality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, is, which is very different from other parts of the world. Now, in Korea, it's more appropriate technically to talk about neo-confucianism normally we just call it confucianism and just as we say might say christianity but we mean sort of protestantism or catholicism mm-hmm. and, and seventh day adventist and you you get the picture but here in korea specifically it's neo-confucianism and that actually differentiates it from china and japan now neo-confucianism starts adding metaphysical by metaphysical i mean abstract, I mean stuff that you can't see. It starts adding those things to the concepts and the conversations around Confucianism. Now, in Neo-Confucianism, and in South Korea, for, for hundreds of years, people didn't argue about what to do with North Korea, people, there was no North Korea, people didn't argue about whether old people should be allowed to ride the subway for free. They Mm -hmm. didn't argue about uh, gender representation in society. They argued about the importance of two different uh, things. And the two different things are this, one is called principle, which is li, and the other one is called material force, which is called Gi. These kind of, you know, the English translations are not very helpful. I'll try to play them out, but the people that you see on the money, on the bills in South Korea, whether it's the the Mm -hmm. right? These were people arguing about for hundreds of years, like which comes first, like principle or material force. What comes first, the idea or doing something. And this is what fascinated. this is what drove the mind of the Korean,
1: the Yangban, the zombie for, for centuries. Now, this will reveal that I don't quite know what you're getting into yet. Is this yep. the chicken or the egg question on this? Well, that's how we
0: kind of understand. Now, let's talk about this word li, uh, which means principle. Now, this is an idea of something. Now, I, I, I can see your furrowed brow, listeners, <laughs> and it does have a very cute furrowed brow. Now, for example, husband and a wife, right? Mm-hmm. Or husband and husband, wife and wife, we're twenty, 23. I'm all good with that. Sure. Yeah, that is a principle. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about a real husband and a wife We're talking about the principle of a husband and a wife, aren't we? And we know what that is without talking about an actual person We can talk about the principle of a president or a king We can talk about the principle of uh, goodness Do you get what I mean by this? We're not talking about the actual real manifestation If we're talking about a husband, a king, a president, a woman a ho- Here's another one, a house mm-hmm. For example, before we build a house We need to know what a house is We need to have a concept of the house We need to plan the house This is what we call Li, principle It's the abstract cognition of an idea Separate from the reality So when I say to you, man or woman We're not thinking about any specific or dog We're mm-hmm. not thinking about a specific animal we're thinking about the concept of dog, and that is Li principle.
1: What it means to be not necessarily what it means to be man, because I know that means something different now. But what our idea of person is, what our idea of dog is, although, yeah, as soon as I, I thought about my dog, yeah, okay, my, <laughs> no, no, but yes, I understand this. where you're going.
0: If you were talking to your dog, right? What's your dog's name? Joey, you have to think about that. That's we weird. D- uh, pa-
1: passed away. That's why. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, sorry, uh, uh, passed away. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> so I was slowing down because I didn't. Down, I didn't so clarify. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: Now, if you if you said to Joey ball, right? Yeah. Uh, Joey might know the ball that he plays with, mm-hmm. but he might not have a concept of ball in general. Uh, okay. And, and, and humans, we do. Mm-hmm. This is called Lee. This is called principle. Now. I hope that's making a little bit of sense If it's not Listeners don't worry It's Monday morning It's only philosophy (laughs) Um, But this is countered by the idea of Gi Now Gi is material force So you have an idea of a house, that's Lee, that's the principle, and then you have the actual manifestation of the house. And there's the house in the real world. You have an idea of a ball, and then you have all the balls that you can see around, the baseballs, the footballs, the soccer ball, uh, <laughs> and, and things like this, and and Joey's favorite ball that he used to play with. Absolutely. So, so Gi is the physical manifestation, whereas principle is the idea. And now these Korean philosophers, the thing that drove the Joseon dynasty, they were going... What one comes first what one takes priority do we focus on the abstract idea or do we
1: focus on the physical manifestation and did they ever come up with an answer or just kind of like (laughs) throughout time it just they just fought about it
0: well no this is really important because they did when they say they fought about it this created factions i mean these were the political parties Ah. these were what people argued about and they were from this school or that school so in a way Eventually, I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead centuries It eventually gave rise to things like the the shilhak Which means um real study Because it meant, hey, we've got to stop talking about this philosophy And we've got to build stuff again Do you see yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. for centuries they were arguing about which one came first Now, I'll give you one idea Which is from E.E., e., which is Yolguk And he emphasized this dialectical nature of principle and force So which one came first or which one didn't Now, Yolguk, that was his pen name, real name E.E., he described it like this. uh, And get ready to bend your mind, okay? All right. Principle and material force are neither two things nor one. Because they are not one, they become two. Because they are not two, they become one. So, principle and material force, they're not separate. They're not the same. They're not two, they're not one. Think about the South Korean flag. What's in the middle of the South Korean flag?
1: Uh, The Taeguk yeah the, the circular to people who don't know i guess it looks like a yin yang kind of design
0: and that's it that's what it's talking about which one comes with oh. the red or the blue right so they're both there heaven and earth are both there night and day are both there so these things act in a dialectical like means they interact with each other and one cannot come before the other so when they were arguing about and by the way like you have people like Twenge, and they all be arguing about which is more important, principle or material force. But one of the more common answers was that
1: they both came together. They cannot exist without each other. And this is, is that it.
0: Yeah, basically, they cannot exist without each other. How can you do this? Now, this is just one answer to it. Mm-hmm. But I want to make this point because um, we were, we've been talking about animals and, and and humans, right? Just make this point for one minute, which is that. As humans, we understand both principle, we understand ideas, and we understand the real world. Now, a chicken, for example, I like chickens. I, I'm a takti. I'm born in the year of the chicken. Um, chickens don't really understand principle, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Full respect to chickens. <laughs> this is not pungmul <laughs> tabiol. This is not animal discrimination. But I think certain animals don't understand principle. I could probably get behind you on that theory. Okay. So, as humans. We adopt a very privileged place in the universe because we transcend both realms. In this Confucian worldview, we understand the heavenly principles, the abstract principles, but we also understand the real world material force. So that puts us above animals.
1: And more importantly, then, we understand how they work together, how the heavenly forces or the ideas work with the physical world.
0: Yeah, world. And if we get lost in one or the other, we're losing track. And you see how this is different from Buddhism. You know, Buddhism, let's not eat animals. We're all connected. Everything's Mm -hmm. life force. Confucianism gives humans a privileged place in the universe, which we're meant to... um, enact our humanity. We're meant to enact and bring together these things to transcend the animals.
1: All right. uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, organize my notes right now. Can you give me a few minutes? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Pop quiz <We're>... coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with the professor in just a moment. First up, uh, we're going to do another song. This is BTS with Yet to Come. So there was our song from BTS, which was clearly, clearly influenced by Neo-Confucianism. I guess probably maybe... Can we say that?
0: What's really interesting is that BTS, we were always told to read so much Western philosophy in them, like Carl Jung and mm-hmm. existentialism. That was the thing that was always associated with them. They would wear a handbox and they would do this kind of oh. um, a, a pointing towards Korean traditional culture. But philosophically, it was always about uh, ego and idol and oh. Western philosophy, and they weren't digging into Korean philosophy, actually. So it was the it was the... Form it was the aesthetic of Korea, at some points. Right, they, right. They, but the, the the underlying ideas you were meant to and BTS was always Western. That's for
1: another class. Wow, so. I, I tease wow. that as well.
0: Okay, <laughs> let let me ask you another okay. mind bending question. I'm sorry, listeners. We're nearly done. Stay with it. There is no quiz. This is <laughs> the the test is life itself, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the test I, is
1: out there in the world. <laughs>
0: yes, right.
1: Humans, are we good or bad? Uh, is this for me or for the listener? Everyone, well, it's right? It's for everyone, yeah. It's for myself as well. Hmm. Are humans intrinsically good or bad? Yeah, that's the question. I would say we are neither... Uh, from the beginning, we are neither good or bad, mm. yet we do develop. We we develop as, as humans. We grow up, we are influenced by our outside forces, and I my guess would be that we become good or bad, the problem is then we can't subjectively decide, well, what defines good or bad? Mm. I'm assuming, right?
0: Yeah, it's very good, very good. So we become this tabula rosa. We become this blank slate mm-hmm. upon which things are imprinted. Now, you know, you also get this idea, and I'm sorry, listeners, to only sometimes talk about Christianity, but that is the, the, the context in which I was uh, raised or that society. But in there, you get the idea that we're born in sin. You know, that we're yeah. imper- we're imperfect beings and we have to confess our sin before the, the beautiful and almighty God. You mm-hmm. know, we are but imperfect and we have all this bad stuff in us. bit different in Asia. A little bit. Okay, how's it different? Yeah. Well, you get this idea that really influences uh, Korea. This is from the guy called Mencius. Now, Mencius was the guy that came after Confucius. So just as you would have Socrates and then Plato, you would have Sigmund Freud and then Carl Jung. You would have Big Bang and then BTS, check out my references. <laughs> oh, you, you would have... We'll give will some comments on this one. Yeah, I, G-Dragon <laughs> is the OG gender bender, let's go. Um, you would then have Confucius and Mencius. Now, Mencius said humans are intrinsically good. He believed that we had these four sprouts, these four beginnings that give rise to human goodness. And he has this very famous example that if you were sat there and you saw a child about to fall into a well if that would ever happen, but that's obviously happened a lot in those days, ye olden times, you would reach to save that child. There would be this intrinsic reach in you to stop that child falling in the well. And so you have to have this, it's it's amazing that they believed that humans were good. This is a brilliant thing. Now, not everybody ascribed to Mencius, but Confucius and Mencius influenced this part of the world so much. Humans are inherently good, and we can cultivate that goodness inside us.
1: That is something that I kind of—I don't want to say I forget sometimes—but there is a there are a lot of people in the world who assume humans are intrinsically out to get them, to get theirs, to get their own, to make money, push people down on their way up. So a yeah. lot of people think it's it is a very selfish ego. Well, that's it.
0: People say human nature is bad. Human nature is selfish. Human nature is greedy. That's something you hear a lot. And so I think it's worth recognizing this huge idea that Mencius came up with like 2000 years ago well before parts of the west where we said well no maybe humans are good maybe we can help each other maybe we are born to act in harmony with each other the chinese and the koreans they they had this a long time ago and that's Mencius. and so you had these four uh these four beginnings right and these four beginnings they come from uh compassion, shame, modesty, and moral discrimination. Now, I won't get too long into this, but they're meant to be the uh, Lee. They're meant to be the beautiful things, the goodness. And we have these seven feelings in in this. This is the four seven. The seven feelings are joy, anger, sorrow, fear, love, dislike, and desire. Now, these seven feelings, these can sometimes be good They can sometimes be bad and they were said to be the gi, the physical manifestation. So sometimes in the world we do good stuff, sometimes in the world we do bad stuff because we're emotional. But on the basic principle, on the abstract
1: level, we're good. So we're good, we can be led astray by whatever outside forces or our own emotions, but generally speaking on the inside, we are a good person. Yes, now
0: this is so important. So listeners, and I'm sure you as well, Alex, but listeners will know that the Joseon uh, society was hierarchical. And most of Korean society today is still hierarchical to a certain degree, although it's changing. Um, Now, how was this social class organized? Now, it was like this, the sage, the elite member of society. This conversation, by the way, listeners, is to do with the relationship between conduct, your behavior, and knowledge, right? So Lee and Gi, principal and, and manifest physical reality now the elite member of society he was an elite person because his behavior was in alignment with the correct principles he knew what the principles of goodness and righteousness and fairness he knew what those principles were because he studied them and then he behaved in accordance with those principles
1: so the li and gi were in harmony that's why he was elite and so, kind of brings it back to what you mentioned earlier, where why are we better than dogs? Because well, we understand not necessarily better, but we understand that heaven and earth, the physical, mm. the uh, and the idea, but those people are the top of the humans on that hierarchy because they really get it, they understand it completely.
0: Well, n- no, no. They understand it completely and they they, act on it and they act on it. Okay. So that's the two important. That's how it works. If you know what goodness is and you study these virtues and you study the classics, you study the books, so you know the principles and then you act on them, then you're an elite member of society. Now the middle class, they knew the principles. They knew right and wrong, right? They, They were clever. They knew what right and wrong was. They knew what righteousness was. They knew what fairness was but they didn't always act on it. There was something in their temperament, there was something in their behavior that meant they failed in their conduct, and mm-hmm. that's why they were in the middle. They knew what they had to do, but they didn't always do it. And I'm sure, I'll confess now, I'm like that. Sometimes I'll do something
1: that I know is wrong. I right? have yeah. got to. Do, I shouldn't do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. You, you don't have the billionaire mindset if you, if you did it completely right all the time, you would be top of the... Sigma grind, yeah, get <laughs> on it, right?
0: But that's why the middleman is like that, because they know what's right and wrong, but they don't always do it, and that's because of a, a defect in the, temp, uh, in the behavior, let's say, mm-hmm. not because they don't understand the principles. Now, the last part is the lower class man doesn't know the principles. Oh. The lower class man, and these would be the slaves, or things like this, but these are the people in modern society think, but don't study don't know what's right and wrong and so Mm. if their behavior is out of line well it's because they don't know the principles with which
1: to align to right and it makes it easier to not only put people in different sections of society but to kind of justify it like well that's why they're poor and then you can feel good about being middle class Be like we'll see at least we're not them because they don't deserve to be where I am yeah and that's how they were so I see Clearly differences between, um, say, East and West cultures, but you see parallels throughout history of, of how you separate people based on society.
0: Well, yes, I, I guess so. And sometimes it's socioeconomic and sometimes it's based mm-hmm. on, on, on money or things like this. Remember, in Christianity, everybody is equal before God. True. God, Because God is so great, everyone else is just but a, a poor, humble nothingness. And so it was the greatness of God. Now here, there was no God. right? And so we were defined according to our knowledge of the principles. I, I, I just want to make one last point, And this is about the modern world today, which is, do we believe in principles anymore? Are there principles which is like, yes, this is the truth, or is it all postmodernism and it's just your truth and my truth and there's nothing real, you know, absolutely right in the world. It's all just subjective, man. And we've actually gone back to the Buddhism. You
1: see where I started and you see where I ended? Like, this is not progressive. This is
0: retrogressive.
1: (laughs) You mentioned that. That was like one of the first things you said. It was, uh, was it Buddhism was postmodern and yet postmodern is now or in the future. Uh, well, thank you for taking us on that journey through the philosophical <laughs> timeline of Korea. I enjoyed it, even if you did it. I loved it, and I'm still confused, but uh, I understand a lot more than when I started. I think that's what's important. Thank you so much for joining us. That was Professor David Tizard. Thank you. <laughs>